All right, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. This podcast refuses to stop, dude. Bit of administration off the rip. The tour rolls on about about the halfway mark if you're counting cities and not shows. But the tour rolls on. Day of release today, Thursday, I'm playing the Newcastle Comedy Club, Come On Down. Then Saturday, this Saturday, I'm in Canberra, Come On Down. Then next week, I'm doing Wollongong, then Adelaide, then Sydney, massive show May 18. Get involved. All those tickets are available via the link in my Instagram bio. Hope to see you there. Anyway. What is going on? I'm literally moving house right now. As we speak, I'm moving, which may seem a little peculiar coming from a man sitting here speaking into a microphone. I know it may appear that I am engaging in the art form of podcasting, but I can assure you I am moving, all right? And it's all happening. It's a big week, got to move, mid-tour, it's all happening. The rental crisis in Sydney is fake. Okay, it is fake news. It is something those liberal PC police made up uh, to stop stand-up comedians doing transgender jokes. I firmly believe that in my heart. And I'm telling you guys, look into it for yourselves. (laughs) But yeah, dude, the rental crisis is fake. I mean, Adzi's turning down properties at the moment. He's got too many apartments to choose from. So do not believe the news. Uh, COVID isn't real. And neither is the rental crisis. So, really exciting times. And I see a lot of people, it is just such a crazy time in Sydney to be telling people you're moving. Like, people, you're like, hey, people are like, hey, Bill, what's happening with you? And I say, I'm moving house. And they just collapse. They just are completely unconscious. And then after I have to personally revive them, They need an extremely specific play-by-play detailed version of how we secured a rental property in 2023. People people in Sydney act like if you just walk along the street, there's like 23-year-old uni students living under a bridge and shit, you know, just cooking baked beans over a fire on seek.com with the last 1% of their iPhone, looking for properties and jobs and shit. Like there's plenty going on, Okay. And so it's fine. But the thing with the rental property is, yeah, it can be tough to secure one, but it's all about framing the narrative. Perfect example. I'm moving into a place. It's me, Rowan, Rowan mates, Marky, Marky's sister. Now, on paper, that just looks like four rat bags. Who, Who in their right mind would rent a property to these four hooligans? Wow. Okay. I'm glad you asked. Here's the deal. Reframe the narrative. Instead of just having four random hooligans thrown into a house, you know, potentially a drinking alcohol and or doing drugs. Okay. That's the subtext there. Reframe the narrative. Instead, I'm not even on the lease because I don't actually really have any official income and I haven't existed as a person since September of 2022. So... I'm off the lease, okay? There's your first your first tip. Now, Rowan 
and Mark's sister, well, turns out they're actually engaged, aren't they? Okay, they're a beautiful young couple looking to start their their life together in a fantastic rental property. And then now, instead of just four rat bags, we've got Rowan, his lovely new girlfriend, his lovely new girlfriend's sister. I mean, brother, okay? So now, it's a couple and their brother. It's a family affair, okay? This is borderline, you know, play school or something. We've reframed the narrative, okay? Now this is a wholesome household where people are going to the, going to the fucking markets on Sundays, you know? Writing letters by hand. That's the sort of stuff that group of people would do. Whereas when you've got four miscellaneous adults, that sort of implies they're just going to start a bonfire in the living room and a water slide in the backyard. So it's all about reframing the narrative, okay? Speaking of, I'm, I think Rowan pretty aggressively deceived me when we were picking rooms. He basically uh, framed this room in the attic like it was some sort of a hovel only a homeless man would want to live in. Um, he failed to mention to me it was actually twice as big as the room he sold me and significantly, significantly cheaper. So just a reminder that while the rental crisis is fake, uh, so is Rowan Arneal. So watch yourself when engaging with this man. He is a snake dipped in oil, much like Pat Doherty, and he's someone we need to keep our eye on at all times. So ups, downs, everything in between. It's all looking good. And we're at that weird part of the move where like the apartment is like half furnished and you're just sort of living like homeless people, you know, just Uber Eats and baked beans, nothing with a plate. And it's all happening, dude. Mac has like already moved out, but we're not sure. It's very bizarre. So it's just me and Adzi living in a half furnished apartment. Uh, Adzi's trying to sort of deassemble his bed right now. He's destroyed most of the frame. So it's all happening. It's all happening. And I'm recording this on Anzac Day as well, actually. Early record this week because I got too much on. And let me tell you guys, recording a podcast on a public holiday, there is no double time and a half at Get Around Me, okay? The bloke Billy Darcy, who runs and edits this podcast, I'll be candid, he's an absolute cunt, okay? I don't like him and I, I never have. So once again, he's running running the ship. We're in on a public holiday. I'm not happy about it. I miss my ex-girlfriend. It's all happening, Okay. But Anzac Day, dude, I'm apprehensive today. One of the greatest days of the year, Anzac Day, I think we'd all agree. A day to reflect on on the many freedoms we are granted in this country as a result of those who went before us. And, and failing that, a day for just genuine reckless alcoholism and gambling, okay? And, you know, it's almost fitting that Australia's day of commemorating our war heroes is punctuated with with just reckless abandon and gambling of the highest order because that's the sort of freedoms that would not be afforded to us had had uh, those men not put in the sacrifice years ago. So it's the one day of the year where Two Up just runs rampant in this country. I am hosting Two Up again today. I swore I would never, ever do it. Okay, I'm going back to the Coogee Bay Hotel, one of Sydney's premier pubs, to host two up. Uh, last time I did it, it was absolutely one of the loosest days of my life. We lost friends, family. I saw some blokes' lives ruined. 
And yeah, two up is illegal for a reason. I'll say that. You can lose money. You can lose everything so quickly in two up. And when you're running two up, you're like sort of controlling the chaos. Last time I did it, I lost my voice. Um, I actually ended up hooking up with a bride-to-be. Again, like, And this isn't me saying, look at me, dude. I'm one of the sickest blokes around. I, I hook up with women wh- whether they're engaged or not. That's not the case, okay? I was ill-informed. I was ill-informed. So I swore I'd never do it again. Me and my scouse mate, Kyle Legacy, uh, did it last time. I swear we did a terrible job. Like didn't even know the proper rules of hosting for like the first hour and just con- continued to get pretty blind throughout the whole day. And every year since, they have begged us to return. And then finally, today, or this year, I should say, they offered a price that was just irrefutable, okay? So we're getting paid the big bucks uh, to scream in a beer garden for upwards of six hours. Last time, I lost my voice, and this time, I probably will again. And, dude, it is it can get wild in there, dude. Wild in the pit, I'll say that. It is illegal for a reason to up. Last time I was at one point holding $10,000. Blokes had bet five grand each on heads, like one on heads, one on tails, okay? And you think, oh, this is pretty cool. Honestly, when I was holding the 10 grand, I looked at one of the blokes and I thought, one of the guys was clearly rich enough to the point where it was like, this is fun, okay? This is banterous. You know, he can afford to lose this five, Dude, the other guy, he had just had like a rabid look in his eyes and he had the energy of a man where it was like, this is it, you know? This is like this $5, this is all like, he doesn't have a backup 5K, all right? Like this is, this needs to get up. This will have ramifications throughout the rest of his year and or his life. You know what I mean? So it it was weird. And like, you I can't remember who won, but I remember just going like, uh, this isn't that chill. You know, this is illegal for a reason. You can lose so much money so quickly. And also, speaking of why it's illegal, Billy D is sort of the, uh, what am I, the commission for this? You know, I'm the one in charge of this fucking wild bet. You know, dude, one guy lost like 500 bucks and then ran away last year. And that's got to be the worst karma on the planet. If you bitch out of a bet during two up, you are a piece of shit, dude. On a day, on a day we are commemorating our war heroes, you're going to screw over a fellow Australian. That has got to be the, the one of the worst things you can do. I remember another guy last time I hosted, he put up his car. He like brought his pink slip. And you know, he brought it with him as thinking like, I might need this. I might need a throw down. So just stuff like that where you're like, dude, this is wild, this is loose, but then also maybe this is like too loose. You know what I mean? It got a bit fire festivaly last time, so I'm about to go back into the flames again. I'll let you know how it goes next week. Anyway, some yarns from the week that was. You can probably hear my voice is a bit how you're going already, pre-two up. So it was because I've come off a, a pretty aggressive few days. There's been heaps going on. So, Brisbane, last Thursday, me and Rowan Arneal charged up the coast to pre- present the arts to the people of the Sunshine State. Thank you, 
to the people of Brisbane. Both shows were sick. Unbelievable. Thanks so much for coming out. Really fun times. Perth the week before was unreal. This tour is so much better than last year's tour as far as like the shows themselves. Like the crowds feel like maybe less abusive. And I think as well, I think a lot of repeat customers from last year, they saw last year's show, they know maybe not to throw stuff at me and interrupt me and stuff. So it's been great. Really appreciate everyone coming out. And uh, the new show is absolutely cranking along now. I'm really enjoying doing it. So really fucking having a blast on this tour. Uh, though saying that, the Brisbane the Brisbane crowds were loose. Don't don't get it twisted, as the rappers say. The Brisbane crowds were loose. What first show? As soon as I grab the microphone, guy in the front row gets up to go get drinks. Like, as I say, Brisbane, how are you going? This guy's up. So it's the quick and the dead, you know, you lose one on the hello, that's tough. Um, the bloke next to him, his phone rang during my first joke. Like, just like, who even has their phone not on silent throughout the world? Who's, who's literally milling around in public with their phone actually ringing? I haven't heard my phone ring in seven years, and it's not because I'm a loser, it's because it's on silent. I'm a gentleman. So that happened. And then 20 minutes later, he had like an alarm go off on his phone, like a full-blown alarm at like, what, 7.45 on a Thursday? What could that alarm be telling you to do? Be more courteous, you know? (laughs) Fucking hell. And then I, I checked in with this bloke. I was like, mate, turn this fucking phone off. And, he, and then I looked into his eyes and this guy was maybe the most blazed man on the planet. He was absolutely terrified. And it's one of those things where it's like, I was scaring him by even just talking to him, but he was scaring me with how rude his behavior was. So we sort of reached an impasse. He was terrified. His phone was not. I was furious. There was a lot going on. But then, yeah, it was a loose night. Um, last year, the bloke who got kicked out for fighting another guy in the crowd came back, which you love to see, you know. Um, don't let a violent incident stop you from returning to enjoy the arts. That's what I always say. And uh, we met this bloke. It turned out he was actually a surgeon. So <laughs> I love that, dude. I love it when you find out some absolute psychopath is like a full Dr. Jekyll and Hyde during the week, you know. It's like when, uh, when you know, some some chick like vomits everywhere and then, I don't know, does something weird with a guy in a bathroom and it turns out she's like a kindergarten teacher and you're like, wow, I did not see that coming and I'm glad a woman as free as that is raising our youth, okay? There was a bit of that. So, we jumped in, the, in an Uber with the surgeon after the two shows in Brisbane and dude, Rick's unofficial after party at Rick's we head in number one pub in Brisbane probably I just made that up dude Rick's was going so hard like too hard like way too hard like full-blown just hard style laser beams and shit felt like we're in a paddock at the back of Canberra somewhere dude it was the sort of music like like full-blown hard style it was the sort of music where they should almost be legally forced to hand out pills on arrival it was the sort of music where it was like this it's reckless to play this without at least warning like put a sign up out the front secure pills before arrival 
stimulants required, you know? Like, you can't just have four Carlton drafts and get on the dance floor to this shit, you know? You, you're having a seizure from the lights. Your, your heart is racing. These, it was crazy, dude. Like, I've never seen a place go this hard on a weeknight in an outdoor beer garden area as well. Like, it wasn't like we're in some, some rave den below the surface, you know? A lot of the times, if you go below sea level you, and a place is going this hard, you, it's almost expected if you're in some sort of a basement type scenario. But if I roll into an outdoor beer garden with AstroTurf and a clothesline and all of a sudden I'm seeing colours cunts haven't seen since the 60s, dude, put a fucking sign up, okay? Because we've come from interstate and we haven't secured narcotics beforehand. So, lot guy, lot, lot going on. Uh, met a few characters from the show. One blonde guy, uh, he was just absolutely out to lunch and... Uh, God bless him. He said, uh, we, he said, oh, sad to see the lad pad breaking up. I said, no, nah, fair enough, mate. Me too. And he said, yeah, me and my mate live together. And he pointed to the bloke next to him. He goes, that didn't end up too well, though, did it? And he starts laughing. And I'm thinking, oh, what did we have? A, a fight over the, uh, a fight over the cereal or something, you know, whose shelf is who's in the cupboard. And he said, no, nah, mate, he's got a fucking kid now. He's got a one year old. <laughs> And, uh, and they were both just pissing themselves, these like 20-year-old blokes. So, you know, next time you get in a fight with your roommate over fucking whose day of the week it is to clean the dishes, just think, well, fucking hell, at least we don't have an unexpected child. So, touch wood, you know. Jesus Christ. That's giving me anxiety just thinking about it. And this guy, it was like the friend who hadn't had the kid, he was laughing out loud like massively and then the guy who had the kid he was laughing but as you can imagine with a lot less vigor given the fact that he was the one who had to sort of raise the child so yeah pretty bizarre and then later on that blonde guy was i was walking through ricks that blonde guy was pinned up against the wall by some bloke and and i go i, I step in you know you know me love to scrap it's <laughs> And I step in, I go, come on, mate, leave him alone. He's just all fucked up, you know, he, he's harmless. And then the guy who had the blonde guy pinned up against the wall goes, oh, yeah, if he's so harmless, why did he punch me in the face? And I go, ooh, <laughs> yeah, can't help you there, mate, can't help you there. And I sort of just kept on walking and uh, I saw that bloke later getting dragged out by about four bounces. So, you know, play on. The city of Brisbane sort of levels itself out as it does. Um, and then, yeah, so we're having a pretty good time at Rick's. It sort of got to the point in the night where romance was on my mind. You know, I'm only human. I'm only flesh and blood, as they say. And me and Rowan noticed these two, uh, women sitting on a table by themselves. And I hate to speak out of school. I hate to get so blue. I don't want to use this language, but they were very attractive. Okay. They were very attractive. So... We're going to head over and then we notice like some 43-year-old no-hoper heads over and he's chewing the ear off. I say, all right, Rowan, we'll head over and chat to these girls once this 43-year-old bloke has made himself scarce, you know. Just by looking at this bloke, you know, I could tell, I don't know if it was his sort of Catmandu jacket or his overall vibe. I thought, also, there's two girls, there's one of him, you know. This guy looked like he didn't do a lot of boot scooting in his prime let alone now. So, 
I was fairly confident this man would strike out imminently, at which point we would sort of head over and, uh, you know, sort of capitalize on his on his lack of wherewithal, as it were. So, 15, 20 minutes goes past. This guy, you know, he's not moving. He's not, he's not, he's not heading off. And, you know, we're sort of at like, what, 2 a.m. It's a, it's a school night, but I'm on tour. So that cancels that out. I said, all right, Rowan, here's the, here's the deal. We're just going to go over and I'm just going to tell this bloke to get fucked. Okay. And I'm not condoning that sort of, this sort of behavior. Okay. I'm not saying we should all run around having wild confrontations with men in their mid forties, but I'm saying that, you know, Sometimes the clock is ticking. Sometimes you've had enough Carlton drafts and light narcotics to the point where your shoulder blades are grinding together. You're that confident. And you're just thinking, do you know what? Fuck this 40-year-old guy, you know? That's sort of where I think we've all had a, a point in our lives where we've just been, we're having such a good time and we're so revved up where you just think, do you know what? There are things in this world that will stop me. But some absolute no-hoper in his mid-40s at 2 a.m. on a Thursday night. It's past your bedtime, mate. Hit the fucking bricks, okay? So, charge over. Uh, start chatting to the two girls. And I, I say to, to the, the girl I was talking to, I said, oh, bit of banter. I said, oh, I just thought I'd come, come save you from old Santa Claus over here or something, you know, something very harmless. And she's like, yeah, this guy's like super weird. And, you know, he's, he's, his chat is rubbish, you know. And obviously, I don't just go over there and tell him to get fucked. That'd be extremely rude. But we just sort of joined the table. And then and then my girl starts, like, hassling me. She's like, well, you're not doing your job, are you? And I'm like, what am I going to do? Just, like, start, like, fighting this bloke? Like, come on. That, that would be a bit reckless. And then this bloke, this old bloke's just crap. He's like, mate, what's, what's your favorite ice cream? You look like a paddle pop type bloke. To me, like trying to, I don't even know. I said, mate, what are you talking about with this ice cream banter? I said, mate, hit the bricks. Jesus Christ, you suck. Okay. And that was, it was very like, it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say my tone was that of someone trying to start this bloke, but it was very dismissive. You know, I was like, mate, hit the fucking bricks, brother. Okay. But then here's the thing. Uh, The chick I was talking to, she then starts firing up. She's like, yeah, mate, fuck off. Like, you've been boring us to tears for half an hour. Just take a hint. Fucking leave. And she she's way more aggressive than me. And But here's the thing, mate. As you know, like, if this guy's... He's obviously not going to bloody... If there's a fight that breaks out, it's going to be my name on the fucking dotted line. This chick's not going to have to deal with any of this. So she gives him an absolute rocket and a half. And he goes, mate, you'll fucking regret this. I'm going to get my mates. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, brother, you know? Go call up your, your friends in the fucking retirement village. I bet they'll be here soon, you fucking loser, you know? But I'm saying that, but behind my eyes, I'm thinking, fucking hell, now it's on, isn't it? And he goes and gets his mates, and they're like two tables over. And I noted one of them has a face tattoo, which is usually a fair indication of someone's ability to scrap. And on the other hand, I famously do not have a face tattoo. So I'm thinking, fucking hell, what have we done here? And then, and then obviously nothing happened because nothing ever does. And that bloke never came back, whatever. A couple of Sydney blokes, you know, just pecking around town, putting some Brisbane lads back in their place. You love to see it. We run the East Coast. We run Ricks. I wear bucket hats in my spare time, okay? It's my podcast. You can pack off. 
It's the last time I'll say it, dude. It is the last time I'll say it. So, a couple of Brisbane fellas felt the wrath of uh, me and Rowan. You love to see it. Um, then we went we went back to the Airbnb with these Brisbane girls. Dude, Brisbane girls are just built different, right? We're out the front waiting for this Uber. And I, you know, I cracked a little joke. You know me. I think everyone who listens to this podcast would know that I, I love to joke. You know, I love to kid. Ha, 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 etc. We love to laugh. So I crack a harmless little joke. And this Brisbane chick, she goes, all right, I'm already going to fuck you. You can drop the act. Like, Jesus Christ. I was like, all right, fuck it, Elle. Come on. You know, a couple of laughs never hurt anyone. But leave a bit of romance in the air, babe, you know. These Brisbane girls just don't give a fuck, dude. They're built different, okay? So, a lot going on. Um, Great nights there. The next night, me and Rowan did a few more shows. And then we flew back on the Saturday. Okay, so the Saturday, we had to fly back. We had a surprise 30th for Adzi Saturday night. Now, a few things going on here. So, we wake up Saturday morning, hungover, all right? Checkout's 10.30, our flight's 11.15, so we've got to get out of the house about 9. I wake up, 8.30, Rowan's standing over my bed. He goes, our flight's been cancelled. I go, fuck. That's how I start the day. Like, I don't even get a chance to make up my mind how I want to start the day or how I want to feel about the day, flight's already cancelled. The day's telling me how to feel, okay? I'm getting pushed around by Brisbane out the gate, potentially as some karma for the way I treated that old man two nights earlier. So, I go, bub, 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 let's, what are our options? They say you can change flights. I go, fantastic. The only flight available is at 8 p.m. that night. I go, fuck's sake. Got to get back to Sydney for Adzi's 30th. Also, it like, I don't want to hang around till 8 p.m. What are we going to do all day? So, anyway, we got to work something out. So, anyway, there's no flights available except 8 p.m. or the next day. It's like, thanks, Jetstar. Like, offer me some alternatives that are vaguely similar to the flight I had booked. Like, no one, no one is getting a 8 a.m. flight because they could fly at 6 p.m. They're getting that flight because that's the time they need to get, need to be at their destination. So, I love it. Jetstar's like, anyway, we cancelled your Wednesday 7 a.m. flight. Here's Sunday 6 p.m. Does that suit? And it's like, no, Jetstar, it doesn't suit, okay? Domestic travel in this country is absolutely fucked. I don't even want to get into it because it feels like it's all I've been talking about recently. But whatever. So we go, bup, 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 let me get on the old ones and twos, work it out. I go, okay, we refund our flights, still waiting on that. But we then go, all right, there's a 2 p.m. from the Gold Coast. So we can get the train to the Gold Coast, fly down from there. Okay, so we do that. We book those flights, whatever. We're out fucking 400 bucks. Thanks for coming. No stress. Anyway. We get on the train to the Gold Coast, all right? Perfect. Everything's living la vida loca on that. We get off the train. We have to get a bus from this Gold Coast train station to the Gold Coast airport. We look that up, bup, 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 the 760. So we get on that bus. Now, a woman who was on our train, quite an attractive, maybe 27-year-old woman, 
is on our train. She gets on the bus as well. Now, is she so attractive I'm mentioning her in this story for absolutely no reason? Almost. But just she will play a part in this yarn. So she she gets off the train with us. We, the three of us, get on the bus to the airport. And she's wearing like a, I want to say like a hospitality type uniform. So anyway, we get on the bus. And three stops into the bus, the bus driver goes, everyone off, last stop. And we're like, what the hell? We're not at the, this isn't the airport. This is actually a local shopping center in Rabina. We're like, what the fuck? The guy's like, everyone off, last stop. We're like, isn't this going to the airport? He goes, no, this doesn't go to the airport. I go, the 760, I'm pretty sure it goes to the airport. He goes, no, that's the other 760. You've got to catch it from across the road. I go, it's said on the bus via Gold Coast Airport. He goes, no, wrong bus, get off. Everyone must get off. And then enter our friend from the train, this hot chick in her hospitality uniform. She goes... This definitely goes to the airport. It turns out she works at the airport, right? So what's happened is I think this bus driver didn't know what route he was driving. Halfway through our trip, realized, panicked, and just kicked everyone off at like the next bus stop. So now we're at Rabina. I go, where the fuck's Rabina? I look on the on the Google Maps. Dude, this fucking stupid kind of a bus driver right? He didn't know which route he was driving. We got on this on this bus. It's taken us back towards Brisbane. We got on this bus and went 20 minutes back backwards to where the train had taken us. So now we've lost ground. Now we've gone from pretty much being on time for our Gold Coast flight when we're, we're never even supposed to be on the Gold Coast. Now we've backtracked like half an hour on this bus. Now we're kind of screwed. Right, enter this hot chick. She goes, right, I work at the Virgin Lounge. I start work in 20 minutes. We're getting an Uber. Get in. I go, sweet. This is unreal. So the next thing you know, this like trendy pommy guy rocks up in like a freaking beamer. And then this chick's like, get in. We're going to the airport. It was 40 minutes to the airport. We were nowhere near. We lost so much ground because of this bus driver. Anyway, never fear. This hot chick's here. She drops us off at the airport. I'm like, we, we got to split this. She goes, nah, no worries. I, was, I needed to get here anyway. I'll write it off with work. Um, we get like emergency stuff sometimes. Like, or tra- we get a transport stipend or something. I go, sick. So we've got a free 45 minutes to the Uber, Uber to the airport. We make the Gold Coast flight. I fly back, drop the bags, make Adzi surprise 30th, get blind as a bat, wake up Sunday morning, hate myself on all levels, watch combat sports for six hours, absolutely love it. We're back. Greatest weekend of all time. Enjoyed it thoroughly. And and yeah, dude, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. One of the greatest weekends of all time. Thanks to everyone who came out to the Brisbane shows. And, uh, And yeah, Newcastle tonight, Canberra this Saturday. Wollongong, Adelaide, Sydney, then I'm done for the year. So if you want to come see me at any of those locations, you can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. This podcast is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped, calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff. That's why Manscaped upgraded to their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. With improved blades and motor, you can feel the power of 
nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. This improved weed whacker can now be found in their performance package 4.0 for no additional cost, lads. Save money and attack your nose and ear hairs by going to manscaped.com and using code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, to get 20% off and free shipping. I've been using the new Weed Whacker 2.0 since they sent it to me. It is a marked improvement on the last one, which was sick anyway. Once you get rid of your nose hair, you, you won't go back. Like, what a ridiculous thing to have nose hair in 2023. You know what I mean? Are you a racist old man from the 70s? That's the only reason you should have any sort of nose hair whatsoever, is if you were born in 1915. So sort it out. Our friends over at Manscaped are helping you enjoy spring's fresh air by using the Weed Whacker 2.0 on all your face hole hair. We love the Weed Whacker 1.0, but this thing is an absolute upgrade. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer uses a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. Plus, this nose and ear trimmer comes with skin safe, te- skin safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. It's also cordless, rechargeable, and has a battery with up to 45 minutes of runtime. All of this is included in the Performance Package 4.0, so no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. Let's face it, long nose hair is a major turnoff. So let Manscaped be part of your daily grooming routine to ensure no hair is ever out of place. So save 20% and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY at manscaped.com. From below to up top, get the best grooming at Manscaped Shop. Okay, up next, continuing the trend of uh, doing some of my favorite things about whatever city I'm hitting that weekend. I like to do my five favorite things about Canberra. Okay, first up, the nation's alleged capital. Love it, love it, love it. (laughs) Oh, Canberra. Canberra. Where to begin with a city that has as much to offer as Canberra? First off, love the roundabouts. Can't get enough of the roundabouts, dude. Sometimes I like to just drive around them over and over again until I get as dizzy as the people who created this weird town. I truly don't understand what Canberra is or what purpose it serves apart from housing our criminal politicians. I mean, the fact that they couldn't decide between Sydney and Melbourne for this nation's capital and just made up a city in the middle. I would love to have been in the boardroom for that one, lads. Like, come on. Flip a fucking coin, you know? And as someone, you know, a, a pretty ride or die Sydney City member, I would much rather have Melbourne as our capital than Canberra. It makes zero sense to me. There's roundabouts everywhere. And I don't know. It's just very bizarre. Like, do you not, are you not aware of the traffic light, the invention of the traffic light? It's, it, Canberra's got this beautiful road system set up that it would just mitigate any potential traffic and then they have a population of seven people. So, I mean, great stuff, Canberra. I like the optimism of setting up a road system in anticipation of a population that never arrived. Uh, I think it's very positive and I appreciate that optimism. 
Secondly, fireworks and legal weed, dude. Nothing says freedom like being able to grow your own weed and let off some fireworks in your own backyard. I do appreciate that about Canberra. And I like how Canberra just has these rogue progressive laws come out. Like, I think uh, weed is decriminalized in Canberra, which is not the same as being legalized. What does that mean? I don't know. Ask someone who does. But I'm pretty sure it means that it's not legal to walk around with a bag of weed on you. But also, if you get caught with a bag of weed, like nothing happens, I think maybe they just take it off you. So... I don't know, okay? I don't know. As someone who got dragged out of a pub for one joint in the middle of a date last year by about six police and seven dogs, um, I am jealous of those progressive laws, Canberra, okay? Could have used some ACT treatment on my date, you know? Doesn't need to be said, but I did not see that woman again. So, (laughs) So, yeah, appreciate the freedom of the nation's capital. Uh, thirdly, Questacon. If you haven't been to Canberra and you haven't been to Questacon, you know, most people go as part of like a year six school trip. It's like a fun science museum. It's kind of like if Dr. Carl like had mushrooms and built a museum. That's kind of how I would describe Questacon. It's the most interactive, fun museum I've ever been to. I don't know how to describe, I don't know if you would call it a museum or if you would call it like just a play center but it is without a doubt the most fun a 12-year-old in this great nation can have. And honestly, if you missed out and now you're 29 and you're wondering if maybe you should still give it a crack, dude, yeah, you should. Totally worth it, okay? Fourthly, I like how no one from any other country on this planet has ever heard of Canberra and nor do they visit it. Like, are we the only country in this nation, sorry, in this planet, where our capital is the most irrelevant part of it, you know? Imagine if, like, Paris was, like, an afterthought in France. Like, people were like, go to Paris if you have time, but really it doesn't make sense. Like, your capital should be, like, your premier city, you know? Just fucking leading the charge. Like, Canberra doesn't even have any sporting teams. Isn't Is that, like, is, I'm not even being a dick right now. Isn't it weird that our capital doesn't have any sporting teams it doesn't have an afl team a rugby league team a cricket team a soccer team i don't know it might have an nbl team i don't know i i don't know and i don't care i don't think anyone really does i don't think they have any sporting teams i'm trying to think of one right now is that not weird that our capital city has no sporting teams and 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 also like you know, no features. <laughs> That's so weird, dude. I like how they tried to create a vibe with a man-made lake, Lake Burley Griffin. It just goes to show, you know, you can't polish a turd, Canberra, okay? You can't just make a man-made lake, with the name it after the weirdest colonial of all time, and just be like, yep, sweet, that's a vibe, chucking a roundabout on either side and, and tools are down. I just find Canberra is the weirdest city, dude. Like, it's like there was a zombie apocalypse there, but, and now it's just sort of recovering. That's kind of the vibe in Canberra. So, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in that bizarre town. It's got that weird vibe as well, because everyone works in government. So, like, everyone just comes out of high school, gets a government job for 45 years, 
Houses are like 200K. It's impossible to get fired. It's about minus 74 degrees in winter. And the city has a population of about seven people. And you think, wow, that's a weird small country town. No, that's actually this nation's capital. So I don't know, dude. I honestly don't know what goes on. But yeah, fair play to Canberra. You're a weird little town. You're, you're quirky. You're eccentric. It doesn't make sense. Uh, and outside of a professional capacity and or visiting family, I would never step foot in that town. But God bless you, Canberra. You're, you're the little town that could. I don't know why you're the capital, but you are. And it's something that keeps me up at least three nights a year. So good on you, Canberra. I'm there this Saturday. Get involved, okay? Newcastle, you know, I got so much love for this steel city. I could do my five favorite things about Newcastle, but that would just be a guy really genuinely talking about a town he loves with not many jokes whatsoever. So no harm, no foul there. Up next, I'd like to talk about something that this podcast has followed extremely closely, Michael Clark's love life, okay? Following on from Jade Yarbrough and the Noosa incident, the king has done it again. I repeat, light the beacons. He's got a new missus, even hotter than the last, all right? The thing with Clarky is that he's like Pete Davidson in that he does get peckish, okay? He gets peckish. And sometimes he just needs to have a nibble on an eastern suburb sort um, just to quench that appetite. And that's what we've got here once again. He's dating former Miss Universe contestant, and I want to say this correctly, Rikay Mishranik. Okay, I apologize uh, if that's not the correct pr- pronunciation. Regardless, I think we can all agree it was a pretty good effort. So, former Miss Universe contestant Rikay Mishranik, she was a Miss Universe contestant in 2010 when Jacinta Campbell, Buddy Franklin's wife, won. Strong year, okay, very strong year. Uh, She lost to the only other Miss Universe contestant I've ever heard of. So, pretty strong stuff. And Clarkie has been linked with this woman. I've got to say, I don't want to speak out of school. This chick's like the hottest chick I've ever seen in my life. So, Clarkie has done it again. You know, he doesn't waste any time. Um, He's put the Noosa incident behind him. You know, this is the power of this man where there's footage of him looking his sloppiest screaming his head off at a woman and and do you think that's going to slow him down do you think the momentum of the pup train is going to be stopped by a public incident like that no way okay when you've got a hairline as aggressive as michael clark's and a resume as storied as his there's no public backlash they could get in the way of you getting into your work and that's exactly what's happened here but jade yarborough this is interesting she's moved on as well Okay, and Jade is really fighting fire with fire, you know, because if you're Jade Yarbrough, you're thinking, all right, I've just been broken up with by Michael Clark. Uh, I've got about three business days to get with someone new before this bloke just absolutely starts going nuts again. So fair play to Jade. She's pulled it off. How's this? She's moved on with Travis Fimmel, who plays, he plays the lead Ragnar in Vikings. Okay, now... I'm not saying that this guy is more of an alpha male than Michael Clark because I think there's maybe only two or three blokes on the planet who would fall into that category. But I'm just saying that as far as trying to get back at the great man himself, Jade Yarbrough has done a fantastic job here, okay? 
the lead of Vikings, dude, pretty impressive stuff. You know, you replace one alpha with another. Um, honestly, in a straight scrap, just just hands, I still would back Michael Clark. I think he's so quick. I think he's so nimble. And I think that Clarky, you've got to keep in mind, he's a country boy. He's got that dog in him, okay? So I think if it does come to a physical altercation between Viking star Tim Femmel or Travis Fimmel, whatever his name is, and former Australian cricket captain Michael Clark, I could see Clarky just flogging this bloke, you know? Sports star versus actor. If they get one weapon of choice... Travis gets his Viking axe. Michael Clark gets his V900 Pro. I think Clarkie would just bludgeon this man to death. And it's not something I want to see, but I'm just saying that, you know, if I was Travis Fimmel, I'd be staying out of the eastern suburbs, pubs and restaurants on a Saturday night. You don't want to walk in into Michael Clark shirtless again with a bag full of confidence and a hairline that just won't quit. I think that could end badly for Travis. So... Fair play to Jade Yarbrough for at least trying to stay in the fight by dating another A-list uh, socialite. But honestly, I think Clarky with his Miss Universe number and his V900 Pro is going to be tough to stop. So he's done it again. Michael Clark continues to upgrade at a pace we have not seen before. And I'm happy for him, dude. I'm happy for him. So well done to Clarkie yet again, and I would love to see a public feud between the Viking guy and Michael Clark. I would love to see it. Or maybe for Halloween, Clarkie could dress up as a Viking or something. Just play some mind games, Clarkie. That would be hilarious. So good luck to Rike Mishranik, Clarkie's new flame, and enjoy the no doubt limited time you have with the great man before his appetite causes him to look elsewhere yet again. So really good stuff. Anyway, I'd like to finish up with the project for this week. The project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. Um, This week, we have a bit of an RIP section. Vale Barry Humphreys, Australian comedy legend. I mean, legend doesn't really begin to... Begin to... What's the word I'm looking for? You know, do justice to this icon and what he did uh, for Australian comedy. Helped f- helped found the Melbourne Comedy Festival four, year- four decades ago, I should say. Um, the Best Show Award at the festival was named after him for, for years. Obviously, his character, Dame Edna, an absolute icon, not just in Australia, but across the globe. And just someone, you know, just an absolute comedy icon in this country. And... 89 years old. I don't know how he died, actually, but he died um, this week. So rest in peace to Barry and thanks to everything he did uh, for comedy in this nation. You know, it's still kind of a subculture stand-up in Australia, but it would be a hell of a lot worse off if it wasn't for this great man and, uh, and his actions over the last couple of decades. And, you know, there's been a lot of overshadowing uh, with sort of the controversy at the back end of his life, they they stripped his name from the most outstanding award at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It was called The Barry for like two decades. And then in 2019, they stripped his name off the award because of some comments he made about uh, transgender people in the transgender community. And, you know, I don't know, dude. It's not really for me to get into. 
You know what I mean? Like he made some comments about the transgender community. I think he said it was like a fad. And then so they're like, obviously, we're not having that. And it's like, yeah, I understand both sides, really. But the thing with this stuff is like, dude, honestly, when are we just going to have a cutoff for people and their public comments? This guy was 84 when he made these comments about the trans community. And now we're going to strip a comedy legend uh, sort of from, you know, the recognition he so thoroughly deserved uh, for the rest of time because of these rogue comments he made at 84. It's like, I understand that the comments were divisive and would make trans comedians feel unsafe. But at the same time, it's like, fucking hell, the bloke's 84 years old. Can we have a cutoff that like 75, anything you say after 75 is just like, whatever. You shouldn't even be allowed to speak publicly after the age of 75. Honestly. You shouldn't be allowed near a microphone after the age of 75, except for shows you put on for yourself, you know? He's so old, okay? Just let it go. Just let it go. Like, I think at 84, if someone says something a bit off color, can we just go, all right, that's whatever, you know? That's just psychosis. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So, I think a bit of an overreaction from the festival, you know, I would love to see his name get back on an award in some capacity because, like, it's just, like, what an icon. I love every, like, the impact he's had on Australian. He's our most iconic Australian comedian of all time. So, I would love to see the festival recognize him in in some way, shape, or form. At the same time, I understand his comments weren't great, but I think, come on, anything after the age of 80 should be off the books. The guy, like, if someone was mentally ill, like Kanye West says the weirdest shit all the time and everyone goes, oh, that's okay, he's mentally ill. Well, guess what? Everyone over the age of 80 should just be classed as mentally ill. You know what I mean? They're so far out of touch. They're so old that anything they say really should be taken with a handful of salt because it's like fucking hell. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like 84-year-old misses the mark with insensitive comments. It's like, you're kidding. I'm blown away by that sentence, you know? So, Vale Barry Humphreys, an absolute legend. That is the project for this week. Um, no Rowan on the pod this week because we're moving and we just didn't have time. And, uh, and yeah, but he'll be back next week and looking forward to it. Uh, apart from that, come and see me on tour and thanks for listening.